helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Thank you for joining us in this episode of the Life Transformation Show. Today's show is titled, The Shame of Cain. And the biblical passage that I'll be using to launch today's show is from Genesis chapter 4, verse 1 to 8. In this passage of Genesis, we have the story of the first family of mankind. The author paints a detailed word picture of the dynamic that existed in the first family. We are told that the father, Adam, made love to his wife and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son whom she named Cain. Adam is depicted in this passage as being passive. We hear nothing from him as this drama Unfolds. He is depicted in the book of Genesis generally as being passive. He was passive at the temptation uh, from the serpent where he and his wife were tempted to partake of the forbidden fruit. And I know we, we read that story and the impression that we get is that Eve was beside the tree and the serpent was talking to to Eve, and that the serpent tempted Eve, and then she took the fruit and went and looked for Adam and and convinced him to also partake of the fruit. But if you read that passage of Genesis in Genesis chapter 3, you will see that Adam was with her. The Bible tells us very clearly that he was there by the tree with Eve, and he said nothing in the entire temptation. The only time we heard from him after that was when he was blaming Eve for making him sin when God asked him why he had partaken of the fruit. So here in this passage, he's silent again, as only the words of Eve are recorded. We see the dysfunction in the family passing from the first generation to the children. Abel continues in this disobedience to God, and after God plead with him to do what is right, Abel went out and did the very opposite. He went out and killed his brother. In today's radio show, we will use this dynamic in the first human family to discuss the subject of shame, which we believe to be the driving force why Cain killed his brother. In this passage, the first point I want to talk about today is the roots of shame. In this passage, we see that the birth of Cain is heralded with great praise by Eve, who exclaimed, With the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. However, no adulation follows the birth of Abel. From a psychological perspective, there is a lot that we can tell about the dynamic in the family from the lack of praise following the birth of the second child, Abel. And we can also tell a lot by the names that were given to the 
two boys. The Jameson Fawcett and Brown Bible Commentary tells us that the name Cain means possession, possession that is valued above everything else, whereas the name Abel means weakness, vanity, or grief. The Corson Bible's commentary argues that Eve saw Abel as the promised seed that God promised in Genesis 3.15, the seed that would bruise the head of the serpent. In other words, Cain was seen as the special son, the gift from the Lord, whereas Abel was simply the other son, the one associated with weakness and grief. It is not surprising, therefore, that it came as a great blow to the ego of Cain when God did not accept his sacrifice, but accepted the sacrifice of Abel. So we have here a dynamic that is playing out where Cain saw himself as being special, and in the offering of the sacrifice that's rejected by God, his ego took a blow to the point where he saw himself as being ridiculed or humiliated. And this is where shame came into the picture. Shame is making him feel that there is something wrong with him. Shame can be defined as a feeling of personal humiliation as a result of a perceived judgment, disappointment, or ridicule of others. Maybe Cain felt that he was letting his mother down. He was given the name that meant possession valued above everything else. He was perceived as being the child of the promise. So he was perceived as being special, having special abilities. So he would assume that his sacrifice should have been accepted by God. Maybe he felt humiliated by his brother because he was always the one getting the praises from his parents. Remember that his brother's name is associated with grief and and vanity and and weakness. So here, here it is in this passage that the brother who is perceived as weak, that his sacrifice is being accepted by God, whereas the brother that is the, the possession that is valued above everything else, according to the, the meaning of his name, his sacrifice is being rejected. So I think there is a dynamic here in this family that sets up the roots of shame, that sets up Cain to feel that he is somehow special and that things should come easy. And so when he's faced with this setback, he didn't bother to try to offer a better sacrifice. He just gave up because he he is the prized possession. He is the child to which things come easily. So I think as parents, we should be careful as to the kind of dynamic that we are setting up in our own household. Because this same same dynamic that existed in the, the, the in the family, in the first human family, exists today in many families. 
Researchers have shown that how you praise your children has great influence on their development. One research that was done out of Columbia University by researchers Claudia Muller and Carol Dweck found that if we praise children for their intelligence and make them feel that there is something special or unique about them as compared to praising them about their effort, that they become overly focused on results. In other words, if if you focus on their intelligence, you're saying that there is something inherent in them that is special. And so these children, the research shows that following a failure, these same children persisted less, that they showed less enjoyment, and that they attributed their failure to a lack of ability, which they think was something inherent, something that could not be changed. Whereas children who were praised for their effort will keep trying even after they fail. Because you see, failure is not linked to their personality. So when children are praised as being special, as being intelligent. A failure can mean that somehow they are not intelligent anymore, that there is something that is inherently wrong with them. So maybe Cain received a lot of praises from his mother. Yes, the child who is the prized possession possession of the family would walk around with a chip on his shoulder. He would walk around as being special. So it's no wonder that when he was faced with this kind of disappointment in that his sacrifice was not accepted, that he just became angry and he gave up. Listen to the narrative. If you read that narrative, you will see that God pleaded with Cain to try again. In verse 7 of Genesis chapter 4, God came to Cain and said, Cain, try again. If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? In other words, Cain, offer a better sacrifice. It's not about who you are, Cain. It's not about anything being wrong with you as a person. Don't Take this personally. All you have to do is offer a better sacrifice. But Cain was not interested. He was too hurt. His ego was too bruised. And so he gave up. The second point I want to share today is the difference between shame and and guilt. We often mix up these two emotions, but there is a world of difference between the two emotions. The first difference is that guilt makes us feel we have done something wrong, whereas shame makes us feel there is something wrong with us or that others are perceiving us in a negative way. So in this story, we see that Cain is feeling that there is something wrong with him. God is trying to put the focus on the action that he has done by saying, if you do what's right, will you not be accepted? But 
Cain is putting the focus back on himself. And so he is angry and he's upset at his sacrifice not being accepted. And he's not willing to try again because he's feeling that there is something wrong with him. The second difference between guilt and shame is that guilt, in general, is linked to something we did or should have done, whereas shame is linked to negative feelings of the self as being humiliated or being seen in a negative light. So perhaps Cain is feeling that he's been seen in a negative light by his mother, his father, or by his brother, or maybe even by God. You know, God does not love me as much as he loves Abel. Abel is now special in the sight of God, whereas I am not. Where it wasn't about Abel being special, it was about the quality of his sacrifice. So Cain was interpreting the circumstances in a negative light, in, in, in seeing himself in a negative light, instead of looking at the actions of what he had done and what was necessary to correct his action. So we see God pleading with him and trying to bring Cain back to the sacrifice. But the Bible tells us that Cain became angry and he went out and he killed his brother instead. The third point between guilt and shame is that guilt serves a social purpose. Guilt in society makes us stick to the norm of what is socially acceptable. And it makes us uh, act in ways that build society, whereas shame is destructive. So we see Cain in this passage in Genesis chapter 4 verse 1 to 8. We see we see Cain becoming so angry, so full of anger that he went out and he killed his brother Abel. And I'm wondering if shame might not be behind many of the mass killings that we hear going on in our world today, where someone in a workplace takes a gun and go back, someone after being fired, go back to their workplace and kill everybody that's there. Or someone in a school who was bullied and ridiculed go back with a gun and start shooting their fellow classmates. Or someone in a family after being cheated on or after a divorce, they go and they kill their spouse and kill the children. I think that these incidents show the destructive power of shame. Guilt, on the other hand, brings us to repentance. The Bible talks a lot about guilt, and what guilt does is that it it promotes our relationship with God, because if we do something wrong, we can make it right. We can confess. We can, we can pray and we can be forgiven by God. Whereas when a person feels shame, there is no remedy for that shame. There is no sacrifice that is going to make that shame go go away. And maybe this is what David felt in Psalm 51 after his affair with Bathsheba, where he cries out to God and he says, Thou 
Thou dost not delight in sacrifice, or else I would give it. What David is saying in that passage is that I have done all the sacrifices. I have offered the sacrifices. I have offered the burnt offerings. But the shame that I am feeling just does not go away. In our next show, we are going to talk about strategies for overcoming shame. And we are going to be looking at specific strategies for overcoming shame. But it's very important for me to lay this foundation this week. And next week, we are going to look at those strat- strategies. So we are, we are seeing that God is speaking with Cain. And he, he comes to Cain and he says, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? This is in Genesis chapter 4, verse 6. But Cain is not moving towards repentance. He's not moving to doing what is right. He is being fueled with this destructive anger. And he went out, and the Bible tells us that he killed his brother Abel, premeditated murder, invited him out in the field. And the trust in Abel went with him and was murdered because, just because of jealousy over his sacrifice, Abel's sacrifice being accepted. Michael will be right back. You have been listening to the Life Transformation Show where award-winning psychotherapist Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services has been speaking on the topic, The Shame of Cain. You can find out more about our not-for-profit organization by going to elimcounselingministry.com or by calling 1-877-544-3546. Your donations help us to stay on the air and to provide subsidized counseling to those who can't afford it. Back to Michael. So, so far we have looked at the roots of shame. We have looked at the difference between shame and guilt. And now I want to talk about shame and mental health. Shame is linked to depression. In the biblical passage in verse 6, God said to Cain, Why is your face downcast? In other words, why are you looking so depressed? Why are you looking so sad? So there are studies that have been done that shows that shame is linked to depression. In a 2009 study by Sarah DeRubis, of, then of the University of Toronto, and Tom Hollistein of Queen's University, in Toronto, they looked at 140 participants of a study between the ages of 11 and 16. And what they found was that teenagers who exhibited what they called shame proneness, were prone to shame, in other words, that these teenagers were, were more likely to have symptoms of depression. So it's not surprising that in this first passage where we have shame being being uh, uh, an issue in this first biblical passage that was written thousands and thousands of years ago, that we see that the shame of Cain is making his face fall and is making his countenance depressed to the point where God is trying to get him out of his depression and he 
he is not listening because he's so depressed and because of the shame that he's carrying within his heart. But in another study that was done in 2010, we are told that shame is linked to anxiety disorders. And this was a study that was done by Thomas Fergus and colleagues. And they're saying that many of the anxiety disorders that people have, like generalized anxiety disorder, for example, that these disorders are because people are carrying around with them shame that they have not let go off. And so we talk about the root of shame in as the first point, and we talk about that dynamic in the first family. But people can be carrying around shame because they are not willing or able to let go of the mistakes that they have made in the past, or even things that have been done to them. And so many people who today are diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder and they're taking medication and they're still struggling with the with the disorder, it's because there is shame at the root, at the core of their being that have not, not been dealt with. Perhaps maybe like Cain, they have been set up by their family to be prone to shame because of how they were treated in their family of origin. And so to let go of that anxiety, we need to look at the source of the shame. And we'll talk about that next week, more in detail next week, when we look at how to overcome shame. But there's another study that shows that Shame is linked to low self-esteem. In this study that was done by June Tangney of George Mason University, and this person has this this scholar has studied shame for many decades, and and what they found is that people who have a tendency to feel shame that they also tend to have low self-esteem. And that is not surprising because it must have taken low self-esteem in Cain for him to have reacted that way about his brother's sacrifice. Someone who is healthy in, in in, in the core of their being could be happy for their brother's success. But we see that instead, Cain was hurt because his brother's sacrifice was accepted and his sacrifice was not. So that to me speaks of very low self-esteem. And if you are listening to this show and you are struggling with shame, it's good to look at what is the source of your low self-esteem because it's quite possible that there is a link between your low self-esteem and your shame. One of the questions I get asked at my seminars and uh, conferences that I do is, how could it be that Cain is suffering from low self-esteem when his name suggests that he was the prize the possession of his family, when his name suggests that his mother at least would have seen him as being the promised seed that was would bruise the head of the serpent. How could it be that someone who is seen as so special in the eyes of his parents have low self-esteem? Wouldn't such a child grow up to see themselves as being superior to others? Well, the, the answer is, 
Yes, they probably would grow up to see themselves as superior, but this doesn't mean that they don't have fragile egos. People who have had a very ease a pathway through life where they see themselves as being special, they see themselves as being deserving as they of the best at all times because of how they were treated in their family of origin. Many of these people are not prepared to face life in the real world. So what is happening in the story where Cain is now stepping out in the real world, outside of the family dynamic, where they are now in the spiritual arena, where it's not his parents that are making judgment about what he does, but it's now about God. It's now God who is making the judgment. We see that that prize, that person who saw themselves as the prize possession, who was lauded by their family, is not prepared to deal with that disappointment. And that is why the studies that we referred to earlier uh, shows that we have to be careful how we praise children because praises can act the incorrect type of praises that make the child feel that there is something special about them as opposed to something special about their, the effort that they're putting in can set up these child to feel defeated and rejected when they face adversity in the real world. So so yes, uh he someone can have a big ego, someone can see themselves as being better than others and at the same time have a very fragile self-esteem. And the fourth point that I want to share with you today is that shame makes us less emotionally intelligent. Shame makes us less emotionally intelligent. In one study that was done by Matt Treby, then of the university in Melbourne, he and his colleagues uh, had 363 participants look at facial expression to determine whether the person was angry, sad, happy, fearful, disgusted, or ashamed. And what they, what they did is that they divided these participants into two groups. The the group that had shame proneness, that was prone to shame, and the other group of people who were just regular people who did not have that that leaning towards shame. And what they found was very interesting. They found that the group of people who had shame proneness, that they had a very hard time differentiating between the expressions on the faces of the pictures that they show them, whereas the other group were more accurate. So people who are, who have shame proneness do not have the emotional intelligence. Their, their shame prevents them from reading emotions properly. So it's no wonder that they can sometimes feel as if they're being ridiculed by others when they are not. Perhaps Cain felt as if his brother's joy, the joy on Abel's face of his sacrifice being accepted by God. Maybe Cain interpreted Abel's joy to be to be 
some kind of ridicule of him of of him whereas Cain Abel was just being happy so this kind of misinterpretation of emotion can lead to people with shame proneness interpreting wrong signals from others and feeling ridicule feeling humiliated as a result and perhaps this happened with shame with with Cain in this story so what i want to do next week is to continue this this show or do another part of this show where I'm going to be looking at tips for overcoming shame. So we we are out of time for today. So I want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Life Transformation Show. I want to remind you that we are a not-for-profit organization that counts on your support to stay on the air. So if you like these podcasts and if you like the work that we are doing uh, in helping people overcome their mental challenges, then please consider making a donation to this ministry. We also want to remind you that we have over almost 300 podcasts on our YouTube channel. So this podcast will be going up uh, sometime later today. And so if you have missed the first part of this show, you can listen to it in its entirety by going to our YouTube channel, which you can access through our website at elimcounselingministry.com. So until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services, praying that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart. Mm-hmm.